is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. And tonight's guest is the gaffer. Yes, it's Chris Hargreaves. Well, good evening, Chris. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's first time on, on Three Valleys Radio and we're pleased to have you. Um, how's the job settling in? I mean, you, how are you getting on? Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, um, enjoying it. So um, it, it's it's been sort of three or four weeks um, and combination of a lot of phone calls a fair few meetings and um you know getting to grips with the inner workings of the club really yeah yeah absolutely i've got a first question i've got to ask you though is what is it that us southerners have got a thing about cleethorpes what is it about cleethorpes <laughs> why have we got us thing about cleethorpes um i don't know maybe because it's 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 wrongly grimsby has a reputation for for you know, as the title suggests, but yeah. Cleethorpes is, well, I mean, I, I, I've got to be an advocate of it. I've got to be a big fan of it because I was born there and my family are from there. So yeah. um, it's, it's, a, it's a quintessential seaside town that obviously the quiz question, Grimsby Town's in Cleethorpes. Um, and we all love it because it's, it's got a magnificent promenade and it's a bit old school it takes you about 45 minutes to walk out to the sea. Um, <laughs> but other yeah. than that, you know, it's, it's, it's a great seaside resort. Um, but believe it or not, not many people have heard of Cleethorpes. Uh, 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 you know, they're always surprised when I say Cleethorpes and yeah. I say Grimsby and they go, mm, I'm not sure. And I go, Hull. Uh, <laughs> you know, and suddenly we've got somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I like it anyway. Well, I'm glad you do because you were born there, as you say. Uh, and I notice you're, you're not a Christopher, you're a Christian. I am, yeah, Christian. All my family and friends in the main call me Christian, but yeah. things get shortened in football, don't they? So yeah. Chris, Chrissy Hargreaves, Chris Hargreaves, it's uh, has stuck from uh, from the off. But um, yes, um, certainly um, when I'm in trouble, the, the, the Christian comes out <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we all have one of those, haven't we? I think. Um, yeah. So take yourself back, Chris, to to when you were, I don't know five six or. You know, just just started school. What are your first memories yeah. of football then, and how did it sort of affect your life when you were that young? Um, always wanted a football for Christmas. Always had a pair of boots. Always loved watching football on the TV. And every Christmas, you know, nowadays it's 
God knows what, PlayStations and iPads yeah. and what yeah. have you. But back then it was a Roy the Rovers annual. I mean, I thought I was doing what if I got that. Um, so that was, you know, I, I don't know where it came from because my dad was into motorbikes and we had a motorbike garage. We lived above above the shop in um, in Pleethorpes and, um, you know, I was always tinkering around with bikes and riding bikes, but I came off quite badly as a young lad. Yeah. And so football became not only the passion but i wasn't allowed back on motorbikes i don't think so mm. um that that was my uh, my memory really was of i wouldn't say being dragged around because i absolutely loved it but going around to the old race circuits of the day like donington and silverstone and franz hatch because we were we had a sort of um spark plug and visor and engine stall and, and all bits oh, bike yeah. on a sunday so yeah. we'd be knocking around on bikes on the circuit and it was unbelievable really but um i always had a ball as well so it was um, <laughs> it was picked up from somewhere and uh, i was obsessed with one of the best teams that there have been um back then liverpool so um that yeah that's where the love came from yeah yeah well we're not going to get on because i'm not i hate liverpool i hate them with a passion well, it gets knocked out of you, to be honest. It, you know, that, that because I signed for, 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 for Everton, I'm sure yeah. you might bring yeah. it up at some point. And yeah. then that sort of goes then. And, you, you know, and, and because I've had quite a few clubs in my career, as a lot of players do, that, that real sort of um, fan-like sort of loyalty goes a little bit. And you, you just love football. End of story. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm a Man United fan, have been since 1957, and uh, will remain so until I die. So, um, Well, magnificent club, so you've certainly seen some ups and downs, haven't you? Oh, God, we're going through one at the moment, I can tell you. But anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> so, you mentioned Everton, and you, you, you signed on as a youth team player at Everton. Um, yeah. What sort of an experience was that for you? It was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, I, I was doing very well in the in the youth teams at Grimsby and scoring a lot of goals um and Mike Lyons uh, the former Everton player who'd become Grimsby town manager wanted me to to sign there and basically I went back on the on the coach when our reserves back then in the Pontins league played um Everton I went back on that team coach and there was all sorts of the legends of the day on that coach. I remember that my first job was to make Adrian Heath a cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but it was different back then. I think nowadays when you try and source a, a really good host family or some nice accommodation, um, I had some fantastic digs, don't get me wrong, but it was, I was, I was quite isolated um, spending, you know, weekends and every holiday and any, any break really in Liverpool. It was a sort of different place, and I suppose when the decision came to 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 either be given an apprenticeship or accept an apprenticeship, I, I didn't want to do it. Mm. I wanted to play for my hometown, and, and, and luckily that's what I ended up doing. But my first training session at Everton, my first actual, was on a Friday, and all of the midfielders and all of the centre forwards and defenders, wherever you were, whatever age you were, you were together. So my first session of finishing as a as a I'm guessing I was fourteen or fifteen was with Gordon Banks was the goalkeeping coach and Neville Southall was, was in goal. So it was a yeah. unbelievable first first um, sort of look at a massive pro club. Talk about stars in your eyes, I should think it must have been you know, I know, just unbelievable I know it really was. For, 
yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, going to the ground on a match day and running the, the bath for the first team players. Yeah. And that was that was their warm-up then. There was no regimented, you know, S&C-based um, warm-up. It was just, ah, I'll have a hot bath. I might do a few kick-ups. I'll have a little... Uh, Maybe a little tot of whiskey or some smelling salts, <laughs> and I'm out there in front of forty, fifty thousand. Yeah. Incredible days, really, and yeah. um, I'm, I'm so lucky to have done it. So you came back to Grimsby, as you say, your hometown, and you turned professional in 1989. Quick, yeah. quick loan spell at Scarborough, uh, but you left. You left Grimsby eventually to join Hull City in '93. For a fee yeah. of fifty thousand, well, that must have been in those days. Fifty thousand pounds was quite a bit of money, I would have thought, wasn't it? It was. It was a lot of money, and I think it was a bit more than that because the fans had raised it. But <clears throat> I'd done, I'd done okay for Grimsby. I'd scored a few goals, and I was a centre forward back then. But we, hmm. we were, we got promoted the first two seasons. I was a pro, which was incredible. It was a fantastic time for the town and the club. But I think we were bringing such good players in, and you know, I made my debut with. Keith Alexander, God rest his soul, unfortunately, mm. who, who's passed away, but also Gary Bertels, and then latterly Clive Mendonca signed, and they were just very, very good players. And, mm. and it was tough to get into a, a championship, or as it was, Div, Div 2 side. Um, and I always had this sort of want to play every week, as most players do, and so I decided to go to Hull, but I suppose just before that move, I'd had a sort of not a horrendous injury but bad enough I broke my ankle and I just didn't didn't seem the same type of player I could just feel it I just mm. wasn't super sharp and so I, although I gave it everything for Hull City and had a good relationship with the fans I didn't really produce what I should have done um, at that club because it was a big club Time for our first musical break now and it's Alicia Keys and If I Ain't Got You Forever young 
some people need three dozen roses and that's the only way to prove you love them sound of Alicia Keys there and if I got you. So um, you then moved to West Brom on a free transfer um, yep. which sadly didn't look as though it worked out for you particularly well. Um, what, what was the reason for that? Any particular reason? Um, yeah, impatience I'd say. I mean I look back and, and smile and think God I should have stayed because all the lads in the team wanted me to get in the team because I was I was having a real good run of form in 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 the reserves again, and, and that was against, you know, Man United and Leeds and Chef Wednesday, all mm. top clubs back then, and well, still are now. Um, you know, I was having real purple patches of scoring every week, and just couldn't seem to get in the team, and so very impatiently, just I, don't know, I suppose wanted to go and get playing. Um, I've always had this desire to to sort of earn the money I'm not one for sitting in the stand and, and picking up your money and I, yeah. that's not my era so decided to go on loan to Hereford and we, we got into the playoffs um, I got injured a, about sort of 20 minutes into the first leg unfortunately but because we got into the playoffs I thought wow this is this is alright I think um, I think I'll force the issue and I ended up signing there but um, it was Hereford lo- lovely club Graham Turner, good bloke, um, su- you know, superb manager. But um, I definitely think I should have held out at West Brom and forced my way into the team. Yeah. But we we all we all we all have uh, the fantastic uh, benefit of hindsight, don't we? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, it, it looks as though you you began to sort of find some sort of a spiritual home at uh, at Hereford in the context that you played seventeen ninety according to this ninety nine games. Well, probably yeah. probably wrong because it's Wikipedia; they never get it right. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, and he scored ten goals according to them as well. So, you know, so things were things were moving in yeah. in, in the right no, direction. Was, that's right. Yeah, played every week and and scored a few goals and 
<clears throat> you're right. Wikipedia. Always, I always try and change my own Wikipedia. It's never right. I, <laughs> you know, as a player, you remember how many games you played. I played yeah. six, 670, and bizarrely, I scored 60, 67 goals. But no, it's never, no, you only played 646, yeah. Chris. I'm sorry. I well, can't, exactly. I can't yeah, argue exactly. with Wikipedia. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, to cut a long story short, yeah, I, mm. I pl- started to play every week and... Um, yeah, got got a, had a good relationship with Graham Turner. As I say, what a what a fantastic guy who's shown some serious loyalty to the club. He's he's, he's had seen the good times and the bad times at Hereford, but what a great 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 man. Um, and I think that's when I suppose any player you start playing week in week out, you get used to your own game, don't you? You mm. start getting more confident. Not only that, I think Graham Turner sort of broke the mould, really, didn't he? The sort of owner. Managing director, manager, everything, wasn't he, really? Yeah. And, uh, he was, you, yeah. Were, were you there when, um, I, I'm not sure about dates on this, Ben Smith, was? were you there when he was there or not? No. Midfielder? No, I was um, I was with Dean, Dean Smith, who's gone on to, yeah. to obviously have a fantastic uh, managerial career. Um, but, you know, whenever I've spoken to Graham since, I always enjoy his company and... Um, you're spot on there. He's he's had that <clears throat> sort of multifaceted experience of that club, hasn't he? Because yeah, he's been manager, yeah. director, owner, um, God, yeah. God knows what. But he's um, bought into that area in yeah. a big way, and I think I admire him for that. But you, you, you know, your career was obviously progressing well because then you moved to Plymouth, played yeah. seventy-six times for Plymouth, and scored five goals or whatever. Um, depending on who's right and wrong here, um, uh, you know, you were sort of gradually moving down to this part of the world now. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then you suddenly I did a, a, a detour and went back to Northampton Town where you stayed for four years and played 151 planes or thereabouts. Yes. Um, yeah. You liked it there, obviously. No, no, no. You can, I can tell from the notes here that you, you, you enjoyed your life there. Yeah. Well, I loved, I, I actually loved Plymouth, I, honestly. I mean, I would have stayed, but the club at the time had no money whatsoever I mean I, there was rumours of, of me going to a couple of clubs Newcastle at one point were interested Man City um, I nearly went to Reading on deadline day but football it's, it's just such a roller coaster, isn't it you can have mm. a loss of form or you can have injuries and whatever or you're not good enough at the end of the day you've got to be honest um, yeah, yeah. but they didn't materialise And but I absolutely loved playing for Plymouth what a club mm. fantastic time there Um and yeah, two children there. Um, Fiona, my wife, and I, we're, we're miles away from family. So that was a real sort of, as with a lot of footballers, when you're traveling around the country, you, you, you can be away from your family. And mm. that to have two children there together so quickly mm-hmm. um, was a challenge, but a, a brilliant one. And I think that's why the the, the West Country, um, down south, as they say, has, has, has always been a big draw for me. Mm, yeah. Um, Northampton, 151 games or thereabouts. I mean, uh, you then left to join Brentford. I mean, uh, at Northampton, uh, yeah, Northampton, you, you have 150 league appearances, which is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, look, look my time, I mean, I'll say this about every club, but I, I think it's always a good sign if you enjoyed your time at a football club and I can honestly say, hand on heart, I have done. 
Um, probably only the 19 minutes I played on loan for Scarborough, I was sent off, unfortunately, and uh, only managed 19 minutes of the uh, month loan. But let's just gloss over that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Northampton um, signed with Kevin Wilson, who was the then manager, and signed the same day as Marco Gabbiadini and Jamie Forrester. The club was sort of quite ambitious to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> lost, in fact, my last game for Northampton was a was a playoff lost to Mansfield and my last goal I scored in that game uh, but we lost on penalties unfortunately mm. um, and yeah signed for Brentford with Martin Allen um, we had an unbelievable team probably should have gone up automatically that year we, we we won a lot of games and we had sort of John Solarco, Marcus Gale Andy Myers um, we had some some really J Tab, Michael Turner, Sam Sodji. It was a brilliant, honestly, it was a superb team that yeah. we probably just, I, I don't know whether we choked in the playoffs against Chef Wednesday, but we, we fell short anyway. Um, but I'd, I'd had a, yeah, I'd had a great relationship with Martin Allen and we, we got on well because I was one of the old, old sort of timers in the team and he'd send up a pint of Guinness at away games. <laughs> you know, you've got to be careful. You're not drinking too many Guinness before a game, but um, he'd just send up with a note saying, keep it going, old men. Uh, but, <laughs> but he was a was, character, was though, wasn't he? Martin he Allen. was a character. I mean, oh, my God, he'd, he'd jump in the local lake at the drop of a hat if it yeah. got, got us all in the paper. Yeah. Um, and we had a good cup run. And as I say, it was, it was a very good team. Um, but I... I was travelling through from Northampton every day because Richmond um, and or Brentford or Kew is so expensive that I was travelling through every day as a lot of players do. Um, And I had a double hernia at the end of that. Well, just before the playoffs, actually, I got back after sort of three weeks, which was a a bit of a task. Um, And I said to Martin at the end of the year, "It's, it's, it's been a bit of a killer on the body, I think I'm going to have to call it a day, even Mm. though I I really enjoyed being at the club. So, um, yeah, we parted ways. I used to live in Ealing when I was a kid. We moved down to Somerset when I was 15. So uh, I lived in Ealing, first of all, then Acton. So you'd obviously go through those areas when you were down at Brentford. Brentford was the first ground I ever went to see a football match at. There you go. Was it really? Yeah, it was. The Bees. Griffin Park. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The it's, Bees. It's one of the classic old tight stadiums, isn't it? Where, yeah. With houses yeah. around it, a few pubs dotted around. Always used to tickle uh, me the way they had an advert on the roof of the stand. I know. For the flights going <laughs> overboard. You know? I thought that was That's unique. That's right, yeah. yeah. I know. Our, our, um, our training ground at Osterley was... At, underneath the flight path of Heathrow so yeah. we always used to laugh if Martin Allen was, was about to give us a, a rocket and there was a plane coming over it was a relief yeah. um, but he, he was he looked after us I mean um, yeah he looked after us for sure um, and, and I'm so pleased for the club to have done what they've done because that's one hell of an achievement to get that club in the Premier League more music now and a bit of a change from Alicia Keys, we switch to Stormzy and Blinded by Your Grace. I'm blinded by your grace. I'm blinded by your grace, by your grace. I'm blinded by your grace. I'm blinded by your Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worry, you fix me. I'm blinded by your grace. 
you came and saved me lord i've been broken although i'm not worthy you fixed me now i'm blinded by your grace you came and saved me one time for the lord and one time for the cause and one round of applause one time for fraser t smith from the courts I stay prayed up, then I get the job done. Yeah, I'm Abigail's youth, but I'm God's son. But I'm up now, look at what God's done. No, I real talk, look at what God did. On the main stage, running around topless. I phone flips, then I tell him that we got this. This is God's plan, they can never stop this. Like, wait right there, could you stop my verse? You saved this kid and I'm not your first. It's not by blood and it's not by birth. But oh my God, what a God I serve. by your grace there from Stormzy. So um, from Brentford it was to Oxford United for a couple of years. Um, yep. And were they in the league then or in the conference? Um, bit of both, league and then conference and then back up in the league. So I, I had a real roller coaster with Oxford. Um, Brian Talbot was the manager and he was super fit still then. What a player Brian was. Mm. Um, in, his, in his heyday he was a fantastic midfielder and a real well, he was super fit and committed. Um, and he was still fit in pre-season then at the ripe old age of whatever he was, 55, and still as fit as some of the lads struggling in the running. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting time to be at the club. Um, I Jim came in towards the end of the first season um, <clears throat> and replaced Darren Patterson. 
but Darren, we'd sort of galvanised and won a couple and drawn sort of four or five, and so we were we were a solid team. But it was, you know, Jim then came in, but it was probably the wrong time, even though he was an absolute legend of the club and mm. had an unbelievable career. I think because his demands were so high and the squad probably wasn't good enough, it just didn't marry. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, the following season, we've had a good chat about it, me, me and Jim. And, um, yeah, I think the second season, when, when he'd got to grips and got his own players in, then it was it was different. But, uh, honestly, I've got some brilliant stories with, with Jim. I mean, we put we put some money into a betting syndicate that was supposed to last all season with Jim's tips. Yeah. It had gone in a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was he was such a character and it you know on that coach on the way back when coaches are hot anyway but when that cigar smokes filtering mm. through to the back yeah. um but what a character the bald eagle um, yeah he was wasn't he and, and 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 a great career yeah absolutely so but you you, you suffered uh well you had sort of you had the elation of promotion but you also had the the suffering of relegation with Oxford, that must have been a bit of a, you know, a culture shock, I suppose. Killer, killer with Oxford. I mean, it really was. It was it was hard to believe. I mean, I didn't know I was going to play on the, in the final game up until the sort of, I don't know, hour and a half before. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone did. I don't think Jim knew it because it was that sort of dicey and... Everyone was in turmoil. It, it was horrendous. I've got mm. to say it was horrendous. But yeah. I, I didn't fear as much for Oxford as for, for a lot of clubs that, that get relegated because it's such a powerful, big club with such an unbelievable fan base that they they would return it. It, it was just a matter of when. I know it's such a difficult league to get out of, as, as we yeah. know it, <laughs> at, at most clubs, don't we? We know how yeah. hard it is. But yeah. Yeah. with Oxford, because they had the sort of spending capacity and the, and the firepower to do that, it it, it, um, it it wasn't long before before we got back up, um, but yeah, that 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 moment was 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 tough for sure. Uh, but then the following season, we were we were taking over grounds, and there was you know fifteen hundred, two thousand going to away games. So it was it, it was it was a yeah baptism of fire for a lot of the lads to get used to the the league, but. Yeah. I suppose now it's just it's so competitive and so ambitious, isn't it? Yeah, it's changed yeah. over the years for sure. So in the meantime, in 2007, you moved to Torquay for 105 games or thereabouts. Yeah, um, and then back to Oxford again. Um, and, mm. and at that point, was that sort of initially retirement or what? The, 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 you only played 11 games. Um, yes, yeah, I think so. I think um, I just went back for the running to try and help. With, with promotion, unfortunately, we, we got over the line. But Torquay was a, uh, you know, my body was failing a little bit, mm. as it does. Um, I had a soccer school in Northampton, and I thought, well, maybe I should lean towards coaching. But I met Paul Buckle and decided to, to give it a go at um, Torquay and ended up, yeah, playing a 100-odd games or whatever it was. And we got to, uh, yeah, the playoffs one year should have gone up. Um, lost in the trophy final with 50,000 there. So that was a relatively successful season. And then went up the following year. Um, captain and a side at Wembley is, at any level, is uh, an honour. And, and I managed to score. I shut my eyes and <laughs> struck the wooden wooden right leg. And it managed to fly in the top corner. So that was a, a stroke of luck. But it was just a great time for that um, that group of players. Yeah. Um, and a, a nice adventure again for the for the family, 
which is what we looked at it as, and then uh, had the opportunity to go back and try and right the wrong of, and that's how I felt it was at Oxford, to try and at least impact it in some way uh, on the pitch and off the pitch to try and help the club get back up. So your connection, if you like, to Yeovil sort of must have sort of started, I guess, when you when you were with Torquay and, and with Gary Johnson, yeah? yeah? Um, definitely, definitely. Before that point, were you kind of aware of the exploits of Yeovil Town and, and what Gary had done with them? Oh, you can't not be, can you? I mean, the cup runs, the, the, the successes with promotion, you know, it was, everyone was talking about it. And, you know, any time I went to the club, whether it was as a player, as a, as a with the media, you know, you know, sometimes as a player, you, mm. you sort of help out with the commentary, don't you? And yeah, that's I actually right, yeah. loved it. The atmosphere, the atmosphere was incredible. And having known so many of those lads as well and, and come across them and seen the careers and how they've done, um, it was just a great time for the club, as I know the supporters and all the players and staff and, and, and everyone connected to the club remembers so fondly. And it, it was just a fantastic sort of to to, to see it, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I, I think a lot of people draw on that now. A lot of players love returning. Mm. Um, everyone I speak to about that time, that obviously it was... in. It, an incredible moment and I've been in that type of scenario with Grimsby Town we were promoted two seasons running and had that same camaraderie with the fans and, and the whole area got together so um, I was well aware of it and then coming across Gary so many times and Lee in my career um, yeah. and getting to know them very well both of them yeah I feel a strong connection with the club and, and have done for a while um, and, and clearly myself and Marcus go back a little bit with, with our time at Bristol Rovers. So I was well, obviously very honoured to get the job. What was your first impression of, of Gary before you sort of got to know him really well? Yeah, I liked him because he's no nonsense. I mean, people say that's what I am. I mean, it is, it is, I suppose, a case of telling people what you think and, 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 and that's carried Gary a long way and, and, and also Lee. Um, and so I've always got on really well with Gary and, and Lee uh, and I think they've been brilliant for football end of story well because I don't, uh, I don't like but, to shout about it too much but I, I joined Yeovil in 2002 and the first uh, first season I was there we had the trophy final against Stevenage the next season um, we won the league uh, yeah. the next season we very near got promotion from uh, what was then Division 3 um, yeah, just missed out, um, and then it was it was success all the way. Then so it's basically all down to me, really. That uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, Ga well, Gary admits taking this. the glory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, taking the glory. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that. But you you were part of that experience, and it's it's one of those things that no one can ever take that away from the football no, club. No. And every well, everyone's got to draw from that, I think, and that's what. I'm trying to do to look at some of those things that the club did. You can never, you can never get those times back, as no. in what happened then. But you can try and replicate some of the actions that people did, some of the, some of the, some of the reasons why that they had success. You can try and feed yeah. off that. I think. I mean, you know, you can't take it back. You know, I felt honoured to be in a job that was giving me the sort of. I mean, I've been a football fan all my life. Never couldn't play any sense, but. 
um, you know, love watching it. And, and to be a part of a team that was so successful was just, I was just living in another world. Yeah. It was, it was just unreal. It, the whole thing was, yeah. it was, and, and, you know, to, 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 to finally go to, to, uh, I mean, we went to Wembley for the, the playoff with, with, with Russell, as it turned out, uh, and lost to yeah. Blackpool. But when we went with back again with Gary for the, for the second time and we won, I mean, you know, to go onto the pitch afterwards, taking photographs and, yeah. and getting chased off by Wembley officials because I didn't have a proper <laughs> photographic pass. And I said, well, hang on a minute, you know, this, this is our moment of glory. We're never going to re right. replicate I this know. again. You always and get you're some, uh, to... someone who's... Yeah. I know. I said, you're trying to stop me, take, yeah. take photographs. Yeah. And it was just an unreal situation, really. But it, yeah. was, it was fantastic. <clears> and, and Gary was... was he was almost like my my other father, if you like. He, you know, he was really, he's a lovely bloke. You know, I can't I can't yeah, say higher than is. that really. And I remember we went to Latvia once, and because um, of Gary, obviously had his experiences in Latvia, and uh, we went down to the beach. There was a beach at a place called Zumala Beach down there, um, just outside Riga somewhere. And um, mm. uh, the night before, I'd gone out for a drink with Carl Orford. Um, Anyway, and so we went down on the beach and Gary was doing the training and then we all stopped and had a few drinks, you know, orange juice type drinks. And he said to me very, very, very calmly, he said, Hey, he said, um, you know, he said, you're relatively new in the job, so he said, don't, don't get upset by this, but it's not really the done thing to go out for a drink with the players. So I said, oh, okay, sorry, I didn't realise that. But it was the way that he did it. He was so mm. he was so gentle, yet so firm. And you knew straight away, you mm. don't go out for a drink with the players, full stop. Your yeah. staff, yeah. and your staff, you don't yeah. go out. You know. But it but it was part of Gary. And I mean, he, he's, no, he was a fantastic manager, I think, and still is. Um, yeah, uh, it's the way he does it, isn't it? You know, yeah, he, yeah. You know it's great man management, and he's still, he's still like that now, everyone I speak to, and... Yeah. I know a lot of the talking players, um, they say the same. Yeah. And I think he's instilled a lot of that into his son, hasn't he, clearly? Yeah. Um, oh, who, yeah. Who's yeah. also got that same demeanour about him. So, yeah. And, um, and obviously a manager in making straight away. Exactly. You yeah, just, leader, you, you um, good man manager, uh, got his own, obviously, beliefs and his own sort of views on the game, but... That that grounding with with his dad, wow, hmm. absolutely fantastic. And like I say, speaking to the boys who've p played in those teams, um, like, as you rightly say, what a, what a fantastic time to be part of the club as a fan, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, coach, player, whatever. Hmm. Um, and I I you know want that for the club again. Um, and I, and I think that it's a big enough club and it has a big enough fan base to do that. Uh, but everything's got to align. You know what it's like. The stars yeah. have got to align, haven't they? And, yeah. And, yeah. and at some point, at some point, at this football club, it will happen. Uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind about that, um, because it's a big enough club for, for it to happen. It's just, as I say, there's a, there's a lot of variables that have got to uh, be all in the right line to make that happen. But it sounds to me as though you've got old-fashioned football values, and, and if ever anybody. It's going to be a position to 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 regenerate, shall we say, over town um, after the Gary Johnson years. I would say you're you're the first person that's come along to do it. I mean, you know, well, I hope you, so. You've been around. Uh, I don't mean that in a negative way. You, you've mm. been around. You've you've played, you know, various levels of football. But that's mm. how you learn the game, isn't it? And 
yeah, you know, I mean, Russell Slade was a different sort of character. Nice guy and got on well with Russell, but, but you know, but he wasn't a Gary Johnson. And, and I think you've got those old fashioned values. Or it sounds to me like you have anyway. I might be wrong, but well, I hope um, so. I you hope know, so. To, to do the job, yeah. really. But um, I hope so. More music now, and now we're talking. It's uh, Isley Brothers and this old heart of mine. song there the Isley Brothers and this old heart of mine let's move on to Yeovil that you you've arrived now you 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 know via Bristol City and um and Torquay oh, and, Ro- and Rovers oh sorry <laughs> yeah, Ro- Bristol Rovers heaven forbid sorry about that <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's always a thing it's, it's funny isn't it when you're in when you work for Rovers yeah if yeah. uh if if that's that word's mentioned everyone everyone's all oh, oh dear yeah. um but both I mean I, I, I've got to say it both both very very good football clubs. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure they are. You know, well, I don't know that much about Bristol Rovers. I'm a bit more about Bristol City because obviously Gary went there during his time. Of, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. But um, so, so you've arrived at Yeovil now. Uh, you're the manager, mm. 
and um, you know it's it's a new a new beginning if you like for the club. Although, do you, do you not feel that the slightly uncertain sort of financial background is is going to uh, hold you back a little bit? In so much as you know, I mean, we, we've sold to the to the council now and then renting it back and all mm. from what I gather. Mm. Is that a sort mm. of a stable enough background for you to weave your magic, shall we say? Well, we're trying to concentrate on the on the football and myself, Marcus, Chris Todd. We are we're focused on trying to get the right character in and the right player for the for the club. Um, I can't control anything else. So no, all we no. can do is look at the training ground and the ground and, and and you know, say to the fans, We want you in the building, we want you helping the players, we want to give you a a decent team so that's where my focus has been and you know conversations I've had with Scott have always been positive you know he talks passionately about the right thing for the club mm. um, and that's what we want as staff yeah. so that the, all the energies are just focused on as they have been for the last sort of four weeks making phone calls keeping good players at the club um, and staff and then recruiting players which is obviously the most important thing but there are a load of other clubs that are also hunting these players down yeah, so that, that's, that's, the, that's the trick of unearthing the right type of player on the right type of sort of pay scale to, um, to produ- produce the goods but as I said, you know, I've I've only had a fantastic welcome so far. I've got to say that. Yeah, I mean, you've done a great job keeping certainly the players that I would have said those are the ones I would want to keep, um, which is good. Um, and you know, when you've got players such as Tom Knowles and Lawson Tf, um, to, you know, and uh, obviously um, uh, Josh Daunton who comes on our. Yeah. Our podcast program on a regular basis, yeah. and we got to know Josh yeah. really well. You know, you've kept the good players. I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that the ones you've let go aren't, aren't good players, but I think that you know, perhaps age-wise, they were getting on a little bit. Whereas at least you've you've kept the more younger ones and the more agile ones and the more I think with with the most potential, especially Tom Knowles. I mean, he's got huge potential. Oh yeah, yeah. They're 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 great. They're great lads, and you know, we also wish. You know, lads that have gone on for a new chapter and a new adventure, we wish them all the best. I've had a great sort of meeting and chat with all of them and said, listen, for different reasons, for for, for, for you, for the club, for um, for the future, it's a different challenge. But um, for the lads that are staying, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're all lads that have got a big affinity with the club and want to do well for the club, whether they want to leave a legacy as a next player or play a certain amount of appearances or achieve things with the club personal and and team wise they all they all uh, are invested in the club so um that's great um and we we've got to add a few more that's for sure because um the the time's ticking i'm well aware of that and um so so we've we've got a lot of work to do but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pleased that that's been well received because they are they are good players, and they've got a big part to play. Yeah. 
More music this time, and it's Tom Gannon and a little bit of love. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep end, trying to find my way back to you, because I'm needing a little bit of love. Lately I've been counting stars And I'm sorry that I broke your heart It's something that I didn't want for you But I'm stepping on broken glass And I know this is my final choice All I'm trying to do is find my part to you I got voices in my head and there's a definite silence I got voices in my head and I can lie I've been holding on to pieces Swimming there from Tom Gannon. Um, have you got any particular choice in your mind as to what sort of shape you're going to play or are you going to vary that to, you know, to see, see who the opposition is? Or 
Yeah, we've got a couple. I've got a couple of shapes that I'll, I'll stick to in the main that the players will know. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it cast iron at the moment because, to be honest, I've still got to recruit a, a, a certain amount of players, and and I think that you have to be adaptable, don't you, in this game? Yeah. And yeah. Depending on what we recruit, it, it might take a while. I, I, I don't think it's going to be done tomorrow. Um, you know, I've been working on players, as I say, for, for, for weeks now and some some are still in conversation and others I might have spent two weeks meeting the player two or three times, having Zoom calls, going through the figures and it'd be almost done and then suddenly it's a, mm. I'm so sorry, you were the first choice but I've just signed for X amount, for X club for X amount. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. you can do, you've just got to mm. move on and that's why we, we have lists. So, yeah, this, this time's really you know, time for me to, it's all I think about, put it that way. I mean, I've forgotten what the family looked like, <laughs> but that's, that's not a bad thing because they, they ignore me half the time anyway. But, oh, well, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just a big focus and it is for every manager. Have you moved to Yeovil to live or, or do you live locally or? No, I live in Exeter. Oh, right. Um, and so I'll, I'll travel through, I'll, I'll stay over a few times and, uh, you know, I'm spending the, the, the whole day there and I'm, I've been to one of the business mornings that the businesses are coming into the club to, as a hub to, to chat about keeping young emerging talent um, in in Yeovil, which I think is is really important. Um, Mark gave a fantastic talk from the college the other day about doing just that, and I think the club it resonates with me. Some of those messages, keeping good players in the area, you yeah. know, promoting yeah. the the club and promoting the area because. Like any town, you go into the high street and you think, "Wow, what, what's what's happened?" Mm-hmm. And, and there's no there's no place to, to be an example of that than Grimsby. When I when I look at what's happened, at what was a bustling town, and it's like every high street, you know, they've got the challenges. But I always maintain that if the football club's sort of successful, it gets it gets the whole area bouncing, and that's what I'm obviously attempting to try and do. And now, Chris's final choice, the King. You've got to get the King in, haven't you? Elvis Presley and Suspicious Minds. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. Because I love you too much, baby. Can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't believe a word I say? We can't go on together with suspicious.
suspicious minds. I think, you know, it takes me back before I joined you, which I used to publish a, a free newspaper, which I set it up and, and we ran it, basically. But the one thing that I could never understand why um, the other newspapers in the town didn't put much emphasis on your hotel. And to me, I thought, this is like manna from heaven. We've got a, a league football club in the town, mm. and half of these papers, they're not, they're, they might as well have not been there. And I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and Yeovil has been... It is a football town. There's no question of that. It's always been a football yeah. town. I hope it yeah. always will be a football town. And, uh, you know, when you go back to the 1948, uh, 1949 team, you know, against Sunderland. Um, yeah. And ever, ever since then, we've been a giant killers. And, and, you know, it's brilliant, I think. So the more you can do yeah, on that it's, front, it's, the better it will be. Well, we'll, 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 we'll try and do that. We, As I say, we can't, we can't affect things overnight, but... We can draw off what's happened to different clubs, and as as we've said, we, we can sort of look at what what made it so successful in its heyday. Um, and I, and I, I do see it happen. We all do. We see it happens to clubs. I've been at clubs that it's happened. You know, we sat in an office myself, <clears throat> Eddie Howe, Jason Tyndall, and and spoke at length about getting the right characters and the right players and 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 the right energy in the place and. Yes, we had a, a fair bit of uh, financial backing, but who would have ever thought that Bournemouth would have been a Premier League team? Yeah, no, that's and, right. And it, and it happened. Um, so we've just got to get our heads down and, and do the best job we possibly can, try and integrate the, the, the community, open to everybody, and, and that's what I would say. We want people there. We want bums on seats. We want people enjoying it as a, obviously... As a as a day, mm. you know. Let, let's be honest. You go to. I, I think the whole of football. We we we're looking at doing this better, aren't we? Yeah. Having fan fests, having stalls, having more things so that, you know, go to the extra chiefs because um, I know it's the wrong shaped ball and it did raise a few eyebrows when <laughs> my daughter brought a, a rugby player home. But um, I've I've been to a few chiefs games um, obviously since since Harvey's been in the family and. It's 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 a full it's a full on experience. Yeah, I know yeah. it's different culturally. I know that, and, and and football's more tribal for sure. But that's what we want to create: bit of atmosphere. Hopefully, that the, the, the action on the pitch is half decent, and the fans have gone away and, and had a nice experience. Mm. Absolutely, and I, I gather the season tickets are going quite well. Yes, yeah, I think they'll go better when when a few names are announced. And and as I say, I'm I'm spending every hour of the day working on that um 
And so, yeah, we hope there's a, an announcement or two before long. Yeah. And to add to what we've got, it's not as bad as <clears throat> previous seasons. I think we've now managed to sort of secure eight or nine players. Yeah. yeah. So that's a real good base to go from. Yeah, absolutely. And I gather there's going to be a new new design shirt as well. Yeah, it looks good. It yeah. looks good. I mean, I would say that, wouldn't I? But <laughs> I think it looks good. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. I think the fans will like it. Um, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be a good sort of talking point for the players as well when they uh, get hold of it. You know what the players are like. They like mm. a nice tight fitted shirt now, don't they? And they yeah, like yeah. doing their sort of different shots. So that'll be interesting. Um, times have certainly changed since the baggy shirt I used to wear at different <laughs> clubs where every year the sp- would get a new sponsor, but it'd be sewn onto the top of the last sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know, three years of that shirt and a, in a, in a, on a wintry day away at Darlington, you, you knew you were wearing some serious baggage. But no, it's it's a great time, I think, for, for some players at this football club to go and grasp it and go and really sort of make a name for themselves. Bearing in mind that um, you know you work with Gary Johnson, and now you're the manager of Yeovil Town, where he used to be the manager, is there is there one thing that Gary's sort of told you as a sort of not exactly a secret, but a, an ingredient that that he felt was necessary to get Yeovil to be successful? Well, I, I I obviously know Gary very well and Lee, but I haven't worked with him. Chris Todd's worked with him at Torquay, and Marcus obviously has has yeah. come across um, Gary very well. But I think it's it's that honesty and drive, and also relentless sort of nature with with your everyday actions with, with training. You know, there's no let up, and I don't think there's any secret to that. I think I think whether you're Jurgen Klopp or me or Gary Johnson, I think it's all the same. Yeah. Work your socks off, be a good lad. Um, do it right off the field. You know, don't get me wrong. The, the lads will be lads, and and they need to be together off the pitch, and have that camaraderie and go for a beer together. But it, it, not in a not in a ridiculous way. Not not silly. It's done for the right reasons. Yeah. So I think I think the honesty and the relentlessness is probably the the two things that I would draw from from Gary for sure. Well, I'm, you know, I hope I speak for all the Overtown supporters. We wish you all the very best of luck, and we hope it's going to be a successful period in the club's history. And um, yeah, let's have a few more Wembley finals, eh? Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a, I, I, I do honestly thank everybody for the welcome. Um, I know we haven't got where we want to be yet, but <clears throat> the staff, I can assure everybody, and the players will be doing everything they can to to do as much as we can to, to make the fans um, proud of the team well thanks ever so much Christian it's great of you to come on and um, I'm sure we'll be doing plenty more stuff with you in the future anyway so thank you very much for that thank you Eddie take care this is Three Valleys Radio the heart is a blue and you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. 